1: Well, hello, Chris Evans here and welcome to the best of the breakfast show podcast with Sky from Virgin Radio coming up after a very special week, I have to say, on the radio. So many wonderful moments that we witnessed. Hollywood royalty Kate Hudson gets excited about her new film Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. National treasures David Baddiel and Frank Skinner spill the beans on their Christmas rewrite of the classic football anthem, Three Lions, It's Coming Home for Christmas. We shall see. The latest member of the Virgin Radio team joins us ahead of taking over his brand new drive-time show in January and the King of Cool Craig David discussed his brand new book Watch Your Vibe and blew us away with his conversation and his absolute musical genius all of that and so much more to come so Vassos kick things off and tell us who's up first
0: She's the multi-award-winning, all-of-our-hearts-winning Hollywood superstar who's been in most of our favourite movies. Now she's rocking perhaps the best dress in film history in the new Knives Out Mystery. Glass Onion hits cinemas tomorrow and Netflix next month. She's really great. So let's not be late for Kate
2: Hudson! Good morning, Kate Hudson! <laughs> Good morning, Kate Hudson. <laughs> Hudson
1: you're the best Kate Hudson
2: that was I've never that's a first that you're felt best. good Oh the best ever thanks Chris so
1: we just got drinking together we're inseparable for years now <laughs> I, I met you once in a pub
2: I like that I like I was like oh my god we did and I, I'm glad I, I like a pub
1: do you know the pub I mean do you know
2: a... uh, yeah I mean I also I like the Holly Bush too up in oh, Hampstead that's my fave that's, that's, a great that's like pub. on a on a rainy day you oh, can find me there usually
1: oh my Keith is just a skipper, hopping a skip away.
2: It's true.
1: Yeah, no. So the night said he's in Bulgrave. You should all go. It's been a, it's been a pub for like two hundred years. Spit and Sodders pub it used to be a stables. Mm. Uh, amazing pub. You've been oh, there many yeah. times, haven't you? I, I have, have,
0: mostly with you, and mostly a little bit the worse for wear. <laughs>
1: um, you're
0: here to talk about...
1: See, what a pub date. What a pub date. Anyway, she's here to talk about Glass Onion. It is the follow-up to Knives 2. Knives 2, sorry, uh, Knives Out. Knives Out 2, if you like, but it's called Glass Onion. Uh, so we have... Here... This is what we have on our hands, everyone. We have a great cast, an amazing island, a captivating plot. The characters, the best characters, the entire caper, there for us to, to enjoy and to be immersed in. We have this unbelievable sort of fantastic billionaire's pool. We have this amazing car where these crazy outfits we had the outrageousness of the
2: genius script which would you like to talk about first Kate (laughs) well I think we should just go right into the cast yeah come on I mean they were amazing I mean we had so much fun and it was when we shot it it was pretty much we had to be locked down because of COVID yeah and so we had to spend a lot of time together and luckily we all loved each other and had an absolute blast I mean it was Ryan Johnson the writer director put together like the best dinner party cast you know, play hard, work hard types. So as you know, since I like a pub... You do. So does everybody else in the cast yeah. of Knives Out.
1: <laughs> well, I know Daniel likes it beer now and again. <laughs> yeah. uh, Ed so Ed we Norton. had fun. Yeah, yeah, Ed,
2: everybody. I mean, and you know, I had worked and known, you know, some of the cast and then some I've, I had met for the first time. It's the first time I'd really spent any time with Daniel, who was just the most lovely and actually quite silly and goofy. Yeah. Um, and it was a. it was just... The best
1: Ethan Hawke um, you got it all going on It's, it's so cool Isn't it it's So cool So where is your island In fact Why don't you frame the plot for us So people know What we're talking about
2: So this is a group Of what we, They're calling disruptors They're a group of old friends And they basically Go in the middle of COVID Um, to a Greek island our friend uh, billionaire Miles Braun owns. Yeah, who's
1: not at all based on Elon Musk.
2: Not (laughs) at all. You know what? Actually, you know, Ryan wrote the script in like 2020. So it wasn't really, it wasn't, it it wasn't at that time. That's not, that wasn't the direction, (laughs) let's say. Okay, I think it's more of an amalgam of a lot of different kind of, I mean, it's not that, it would be kind of boring, right, if it was just one.
1: Yeah, but he's like—he's also a bit like Doctor Evil from Austin Powers. He's got it all going on, or a Bond villain, or he's got it—he's got it. Or he's like you say—he's the perfect amalgam. I mean,
2: he's yeah. I mean, he—I I think all of the characters which is what's so great about whodunits. You know, he created all, all these like terrible, delightful people that you that are that are incredibly should be very unlikable, but somehow because Ryan's such a good writer and it's so f- deeply funny, you just end up loving everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um and and Miles is the billionaire and I play a fashionista kind of socialite type and 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 Catherine Hahn is a politician and then Leslie Odom is a scientist and then you have Dave Bautista who's sort of like the the, the hard right, you know, blogger slash radio host type. <laughs> So it's got, I mean, it's got a little bit of everything that you just, I think everyone will be able to yeah. kind of have a laugh and at. And
1: their vulnerability is the fact they've sort of sold their soul to the devil. And the devil might be
2: he. He is, Ed's yes. Character. It's all about power dynamics and how, you know, you know, Edward, we're all very connected to him yeah. because of, you know, his money.
1: Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. And... What's clever about it is everything. It's all really, really clever. And it reminds me of the first ever American Pie film, right? And I talk about this interesting from time to time because you've no you've,
2: spoilers now, also just zero. zero. Okay.
1: So you think about American Pie and you think, oh, what a laugh. That was That was such a caper. But if you watch it back for the first 25 minutes, all they do is not seriously, but Sort of very strategically, they set up the rest of the film and they plant all the bombs that can explode later. The comedy bombs, the plot bombs, the relationship bombs. And that's what happens in this film. So for the first... Because we yeah. all went to watch it together, didn't we? Yeah, a lot so of
2: Easter the, eggs. Yeah, so for
1: the first 12, 25 minutes, you're like, this is great, but where's it going? And then the bombs start to go off one by one. Yeah. It's like, yeah! And you're like, what the...
2: It's really... I know. I know. It, it It was like that reading the script, too. I kind of thought, like, how is Ryan Johnson going to get out of New England? Yeah, yeah. You know, the first Knives Out... New England, very contained, and boy, within reading like nine pages, I was just transported to a whole different movie, which I think is what the franchise is going to end up being. Everything is going to be so different, you know. So,
1: but at the heart of it, it has to be a really clever mi- murder mystery as well.
2: Yeah, Ryan Ryan likes to say that you know it's you have to. Th- you know the writing of it for him, instead of it being focused on being a puzzle piece, it has to feel like a roller coaster. Yeah,
1: um, you've you've been more than generous with your time and your conversation and your candor. So thank, thank you, you very much indeed.
2: Um, I really enjoy being here. I
1: am going to now, from here, go around London Post for the next twenty years, hoping to bump into you again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Me too. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, well, I'm sure we will.
1: All right. Is there anything you'd like to say to everybody listening now around the world? Anything more you'd like to say about Glass Onion?
2: No, just enjoy it and go to the theatre because it's such a fun experience and it really it's, it's really worth having that theatre experience with this film.
1: Knives Out, a Glass Onion mystery. Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. Look, I've been saying <laughs> it for three weeks.
2: It doesn't matter. We'll say it loads more. Of...
1: Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery.
2: Mm-hmm. Is that
1: how you've been told to That's say That's right.
2: Okay. Glass Onion, a Knives Out okay, mystery.
1: Okay, I apologise. Namaste. <laughs> I bow to thee.
3: <laughs> Goodbye, everyone.
0: Thank
2: Goodbye. you, Kate Hudson!
3: The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky.
0: Virgin Radio forget 30 years of hurt, it's been almost 30 years of three lions on a shirt. England's iconic football anthem still feels as fresh as it did back at Euro 96 and now it also feels Christmassy. Three Lions it's coming home for Christmas is out now so it's coming home and they're coming in. They are of course David Bedil and Frank Skinner. Good
1: morning gentlemen. <laughs> welcome, welcome. And the quote of the promo tour so far for this one comes from Frank, forgive me David, That's Frank okay. said we had to do it. Christmas World Cup songs are not like buses. It's no. brilliant, isn't it? I mean, what an opportunity!
4: Oh, exactly. It's. Per- it's I, I think it's like a, a. If you do a double tacky Christmas song and football song at the same yeah. time, then two legs become a pass.
1: And what if it gets the number one? I mean, um what would you wish that Qatar hadn't been offered the World Cup? Um, and you, you wouldn't have had the chance to do this, or they did, and you have.
4: That's a. I understand that question. Sorry, no, about I understand. That. It. It's, many... it's a moral dilemma. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think you know. Probably deep down, we'll be so happy we got number one. We'll excuse them
1: all. I don't know if we'll everything. Get...
5: <laughs> also, I don't know if we'll get a Christmas number one because obviously the World Cup ends quite a long way. But I don't know when they. It's
1: do... not a long time. It's December the eighteenth. Yeah. yeah. If, if
5: we win it, we'll get the Christmas number yeah, one.
1: Yeah, because the Christmas number one yeah. has to happen. You're a week the DJ,
5: before. Chris. You know about these things. It has to
1: happen a
4: week before, doesn't
5: it? Uh, Okay. D- disappointingly
1: right. for the kids, because it's on a Saturday. No, okay. it's Sunday Christmas, isn't it? Okay. So to be the Christmas number one, you sort of have to be the Sunday before, I suppose. Oh, well, yeah.
5: who knows? I mean, but one of the things I think that lured me in, and as Frank has said on other things, I had to be slightly lured kicking and screaming into this idea of releasing Three Lions again. <laughs> but it's not just about releasing Three Lions again. It's also the idea of having a Christmas number one, an old style Christmas number one, in the tradition, we hope, of Slade and Wizard and whatever, before, frankly, it was ruined by the X Factor and um, indeed the Sausage. Roll people. Yeah. Sorry for sort sausage
4: of people. Well, Do you mean Greg's
5: I, yeah. Yeah.
4: I them. Um, but it's so
1: mercurial the charts
5: nowadays because of the way they're
1: compiled. Yes. You can't really have a strategy that's a surefire shoe in way of getting there.
5: No, that's true. Also, I believe you're not allowed to just go up the charts with a song that's old. So re releasing the old song oh, would no. actually be sort of, it would be, there'd be some sort of handicap against All it these rules. Something. Yet yeah. another example of ageism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly.
6: We,
1: do you know what I love about these chats? is? We can have the origin story now, because we've never yeah. had it, of the first three lines. Where were you when it happened? Uh, how did it finally get together? Did you? Th- Ian Brodie
5: yeah. of the Lightning Seeds mm. was asked to write the England song in Euro 96, and in a way that I think no other pop star would do, right. because he's a very humble man at some level, which is not usual for a pop star. He thought, I don't think I'm the right person to write the lyrics for that. David Bidin and Frank Skinner, who are on Fantasy Football League and are kind of, at this moment, the nation's football fans, they should write the lyrics. So cool. he asked us it's, to do it's it. It's
4: unimaginable. If somebody asked me to write an opera about um, Martin Luther, I would think I was able to do that right. if I gave it a really good yeah. go. But he was, yeah, so humble, he, he called us up, So it, that was uh, joyous. OK, and, and what was the first sort of creative meeting like? I um, I went up to Liverpool, for, um, I went to a football match in Liverpool. To get you in the mood? Well, I, I went to meet Ian. Right. And then we went to a garage, because Dave was on tour, he couldn't come, and he literally played me the tune... And he recorded it on cassette with me going, la, 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 <laughs> la, 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 And then I brought that back and played it to Dave. And we, we were living together to... at the
5: time. We and were we living in
4: the same the... flat. I wish I'd kept that cassette, though. Yeah, yeah. Where is it? It must be
5: somewhere. Oh, yeah, it must be somewhere. But... And then we wrote it and put it out. And I, mean, this, I have said this before, but we, we you know, went to number one. It was all great, but we didn't really know it was what it was until England-Scotland in Euro 96, yeah. where at the end of that game... The whole crowd started singing it, yeah, which was an extraordinary and moment. Now
1: it happens all the time, doesn't it?
5: It well, yeah, it yeah. does. And yeah.
1: wherever you go, I mean, what's it like since then? Because you have both football fans pre and now post, and post is now a long time, isn't it? You're it's a long time, 20 quarter of a century,
4: yeah. Well, you are. can see that in the current video where we yeah. sit next to our
1: so
5: 1996 funny. I've got selves. the
1: pictures, you look like. Your own kids yeah, Exactly. Yeah, it so, it, it looks like the grandparents Well, yeah, yeah. you weren't there, young particularly at the time
5: <laughs> We were in our 30s, 30s well, I was in my 30s you weren't may like, have been 40, I'm not sure You, weren't
1: like, 40, <laughs> 40, not sure. you <laughs> were like like pre-11 plus though, weren't you?
5: Well, <laughs> no, you look, but we look so like, young yeah. Yeah. We're Not young, but because we're so old in this video We look young <laughs>
4: We're so keen to make ourselves then look better That we put us now next to them <laughs> Is yeah. This Is the third incarnation of the song?
5: Yes, because we did it in 1998 We did a version there Which included lyrics about Gaza, who wasn't in the squad Yeah Oh,
4: there's also the great Lost version with oh, uh, Trevor... No, yeah, Trevor <laughs> Horn. Trevor Horn. We Trev... did a classical
5: one with a with a woman going,
4: <laughs> It's coming, Horn! Yeah. And all that on Which, it. Which, frankly,
5: should be Lost. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, so this is the third incarnation. I mean, there's obviously been loads of parodies and all that, but this is the official third incarnation, yeah. Uh,
1: how close were you to going to Qatar, either of you, for, for, to Not watch Not close. The what about if England get to the World Cup final? No, still no, it's not going to happen.
4: I'm staying here. No, <laughs> I mean, in in seriousness, I'd rather it wasn't there. But um, it's hard to put it anywhere now that isn't hasn't got some bad stuff in the cupboard, yeah, including other, here. Other stuff, got, <laughs> to yeah, be exactly honest,
1: no, without question. And um, and other sporting events are, you know, renowned to the Formula 1's been there for ages, isn't it?
0: Well, just last weekend, you know, there was there was there was all the sport happening, you know. in... Not just Qatar, but in the Middle East, and you know they all have similar attitudes to homosexuality. And do you, you know, where do you, where do you draw the line?
3: Yeah,
4: yeah. Well, I watched a thing on Sky Sports talking about um, how. Or Sky News About how, how bad it was over there And then they went to the weather Which was sponsored by Qatari I Airways I know, I
1: know It's been going for ages And other massive things are sponsored Also by I Qatar. like
5: watching it here To be honest I mean without all the politics It's quite an easy answer People say would you go to Qatar I think no I like what, It's a schlep You know it's nice I like watching it on my sofa With Frank Skinner Who lives around the corner from me
1: uh, Frank you still doing your radio
5: show Still loving it Still smashing it 13
4: thank, years and counting thank, thank you so much It is the best The best, uh, the best job ever I, yeah i thought you would say it's the best radio show but you can't say that no i can't say no, that Well, you can, i yeah. can't even mention absolute radio oh, we're on saturday mornings you're mind. not on them so I that's fine and there's all no all news we're all big one bump- <laughs> <laughs> there's my boss he's just walked in there
1: <laughs> <laughs> right behind there. Hello oh. <laughs> <laughs> the shadow of control. Uh, he's not like that at all. See, David- I never
4: see my bus because I do the weekends.
1: Yeah, another advantage of doing the weekends. <laughs> you are committed to the weekends. Thanks so much, David. Thank you so see, much. Frank. You, Chris.
4: The
3: best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky.
0: Virgin Radio. Bass is over to you. Virgin Radio Drive Time. I predict a riot. Yes, and every day you'll love him more and more, starting at 4pm on January the 9th. That's when our next guest starts his own show here on Virgin Radio. I promise I'm not taking the mickey. We've got... Ricky Wilson! Hurrah! Good
1: morning, Ricky Wilson. Brand new host, permanent host, five days a week, Monday through Friday. Proper job as far as showbiz is concerned. It's as good as it gets from a proper job point of view. The Virgin Radio
7: Afternoon Drive Time Show. Thank you very much for having me, Chris. (laughs) You're very Um, welcome. So you you just mentioned then you can watch this. Yes. Yes. You can't watch me, can you? When I'm on drive yeah, time, yeah, you can, maybe. But I, the only reason I they took it was because I, I, I didn't could, tell you. I've that. just dropped my favorite jumpsuit off at a charity shop in Marlow. What am I gonna wear?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What um, am I
7: gonna wear? Right, so this is really exciting.
1: So, Ricky is we're not yanking your chain here. Why would we do that? From January the 9th, Ricky Wilson is going to be the permanent host of the Virgin Radio Afternoon Drive Time Show 4 till 7 pm Monday through to Friday. Uh, congrats on that. Let's just talk about the Kaiser Steve's talk because you're straight off the back of that now, yeah. Um, you are tall fit, you look like you could be flying no, out no, to guitar I, no, to play in the I, world
7: I, cup I, I, i'm not tough it, this i this is a the change in me grace has been trying to persuade me to wear a medium for years right and i've gone to a medium no i know you,
1: i've known you forever you were off the back of a tour you were literally you were all skin and bones over there
7: well it's it gets, it's harder than it used to be <laughs> my calves ah you know i didn't realize till the day that i spend ni- 90 minutes of the show on my tiptoes and my calves have gone. I'm not joking. It's so funny you should say that. What?
1: Because when I started doing CarFest and yeah. I hadn't done anything energetic for a while and I started when I was 44 doing CarFest. I'm 44 now. Um, yeah, and I'm not joking. On the Saturday morning after the first Friday
7: yeah. I thought, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I get these weird, weird spasms in them. <laughs>
1: it's shin
7: splints. It's horrible. And that, it, and gives it only me, gets it, worse. It gives me a good excuse to put more salt on my chips, though.
1: Yeah, and then you get sciatica because you get very um, uh, torn ITBs to do with your fascia.
7: We're going uh, there, are we? Yeah,
1: honestly. Okay. It's all coming your way, pal.
7: <laughs> okay. I can't wait for these virgin afternoon massages. <laughs> yeah. have been promised. In showbiz terms, this is
1: as normal and as a job you're going to get because it's five days a week. It's, it's it would normal come on yeah it's I, just not in the sh-
7: in the world of show well, no business. yeah well it's my first job in 20 years yeah I've been working very hard at not getting one I know and now I've fallen into one <laughs> and I have to ask to go on holiday that's weird yeah and I've got bosses I
1: know Bosses. And by the way, on. I, was, you, I was really polite. You'll have meetings as well. <laughs> meetings? Yeah, for the first year, that doesn't happen. Then after that, you have to. You, it's like time for you need to come to a meeting. There, we need
7: to talk. Well, I quite like that. I'll dress up for
1: that. That's good. It's good. It's good in. I have to borrow that back from Tilly. Every um, <laughs> way, shape, and form. It's pretty awesome.
7: Um, yeah, it's, it's it's really exciting. Um, it's a great radio station to be on. By the way, uh, your, your boss is in uh, no, the window yeah, now. Yeah, okay, uh, Virgin Radio. <laughs> um yeah, it's, I mean, I'm really excited. It's going to be great. Every day, every You've day. You've dabbled before. You've dabbled before. Um, you were on Radio X for a couple of three years, weren't you? Yeah, I was. Yeah, that was Sunday mornings. Though that so was that was quite relaxed.
1: Still, but you are still on it in a way. That's a great way to start.
7: It because was. It was very. It was. It was good. I love doing that. I've done some too. It's better to start with who
1: you are and then sort of fashion some kind of radio uh, sheen around that, as opposed to start with the sheen and then have to refine who you are because you over. Layered yourself
4: self. It's, it's
7: funny soon. you say that because um, my uh, bandmate Simon, who plays bass, he says, When I'm on the radio, it's most similar I am to being me than anything else. On stage, he says, That's a different person. Yeah, of course it is. Doesn't even like him. On TV, he says, I come across weird. You've got your James Brown cape on (laughs) on stage. He says, on TV, I come across weird. Do you mean you don't climb up scaffolding on a daily basis? Well, that's why why I don't go to after parties, right? (laughs) If I go to a party after a show, people are very disappointed. They go, go on. Do more. <laughs> Wait, exactly. There's a chandelier over there. How can you... Get swinging.
1: You said, because we talked, didn't we? We talked in the middle of your last 11 date tour, which has been a brilliant tour. Thank I, you. I, you know, the reports, the reviews have been amazing, you know, and it's been technical in all aspects, you know, on stage, off stage, mm-hmm. all the... It was proper rock and roll. You know, you really tied it on, didn't
7: it, you? It was, it was rock and roll, some, some of it more than others. Yeah. Uh, it had its ups and downs. I, um... Uh, yeah, it's funny being rock and roll because I, I put I paint myself into a corner mm. where people want me to be professional, but they want me to rock and roll, and I don't know which <laughs> I, which which I, which I am anymore. <laughs> so I have to kind of be you're bit... between rock and roll and a hard place. I, I, I literally am. So I yeah I I I like being a bit rock and roll, not in the you know. But the most rock and roll thing you can ever do is do a gig properly. That's that's rock which and roll. Which you did
1: at the O2 in London oh, on yeah. that Saturday night. Um, I know what happened as a consequence of that because it was in the papers but we before all that broke yeah. that before that story broke mm. we were getting I told you this we were getting texts on, on Monday morning saying went to see Ricky and Kaisers on Saturday night absolutely smashed
7: it yeah it was it was a great tour and for the rest of the tour I spent it overcompensating did you and uh, yeah I was I was on fire were you yeah I, no, I, no, I don't think I've ever been as good in my life that was just not just for the you know thousands of people watching but for the rest of the band I was like look how good I can be guys well behaved and all good well behaved well Well, behaved behaved.
1: Um, it's great to have you on board are you here for a year two years what's the contract do we know Uh,
7: forever you've signed the forever contract well I, I know it's got an end I, I, I don't. Know. I know. Do you know how long you signed for? DocuSign came in and I signed. It was it. A DocuSign. That I was des- it. I was desperate to get it done. Don't
1: you love DocuSign? Yeah, it's did weird. you
7: did you initial or fully sign? Well, I didn't need to sign. It, it was already. It's So in. weird isn't it?
1: you go. Yes. 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 Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes.
7: Yes. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I didn't mean that. Yes.
7: Oh well, yeah. I didn't. I didn't actually read it. All right. Ricky, great to see you, man. <laughs> I was just so
1: excited. Please bring Grace round to ask for a call. I would love that. All right. And I promise we'll turn the football off. Get no. No. Around. Well, it might be an excuse for me to get. a quick iron. All right, mate. Um, Ricky Wilson is the brand new host of the Virgin Radio Drive Time Show from January 9th. Thank you.
3: The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky.
0: Virgin Radio. Music. Our next guest was definitely (laughs) born to do it and he is, trust me, slicker than your average. Mm. Following his intuition, he's Mm. decided the time is now for his first book What's Your Vibe, which he's signed, sealed, delivered to us at the top of the Tower. We'll find out how the story goes after we listen live from the Stool of Rock no, no, to the no, iconic... No, we're going to chat first. We're first. Oh, well, we just had a chat and he said i
1: oh, sing first. Oh, do you want first. to sing first, Craig? Or do you want to chat
0: first?
1: Oh, I, I, we, can this cha- we can sing. We can, chat, oh, we can oh, sing. We can... <laughs> we can dance. We <laughs> can party like it's oh. 1999, oh. Be, baby. It's Craig David. Oh. Oh. Craig is here. <laughs> That's the point. Here. Craig, awesome to see you. This book is fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate it, man. Okay. Um Big decision to write a book. Um You talk about the fact in the intro to it, it's not so much a memoir. Um, you know, it's a reflection on the
8: things you've discovered about
1: yourself. But there's yeah. a lot of memoir in there. Yeah, totally. Um, kicking off with Ten Strand,
8: your first ever live gig. That says so much, doesn't it? When I heard it playing as I walked in, I was just like, wow, Chris. Like, yeah. what a song to play. And, and when I watched him for the first time at the Guildhall in Southampton, I was just saw this guy like running across the stage. It had like Stevie Wonder in the vocals. There was Marvin Gaye in the steps. And I was just like James Brown. And I was thinking, wow, to do anything like this would be wonderful. And then to to stand here 22 years later and to have performed at the Guildhall. It, it just it just brought a lot of memories coming walking through the door yeah, there. there's so. so many other
1: things you know, within that. Every time you answer a question, I know I'm going to come up with like a load more than mm-hmm. I have prepared already because of what you've just said. Like that, for example. I remember Terrence Trent Derby's showcase at Ronnie Scott's. We were all invited. It was a lunchtime. We'd never heard of this guy. Right. And he landed like he'd come from another planet. He was yeah. so good, wasn't he? Totally. And we thought he was going to take over the world forever. He didn't, sadly. But I mean, he definitely made his mark and it stayed with you for sure. Uh, you talk talking in that answer about Stevie Wonder, right? Mm. <laughs> I mean you say you can't believe you, you're standing here 22 years later talking about Transgender Army you've got your Stevie Wonder story you've got when Craig met Puff Daddy on the telephone tell us about that
8: yeah I mean well the, the, the Stevie Wonder one was crazy because I was in the House of Blues it was 2001 and you have to remember like it was only like a year or so before that I was in my bedroom just making mixed CDs and, it was and, and tapes. Wasn't it? oh so I did three nights there um and Kwame's here with me who remembers that really Hi, well Kwame. I'm a guitarist How are you doing? and the first night I'm performing and I look up and I see Missy Elliott and Jennifer Lopez and I'm like wow and I'm thinking I still got the Jennifer Lopez poster up on my wall at home right um the following night the Queen be herself. Beyonce comes to see me perform, and I'm just like, I mean, Destiny's Child and Beyonce was everything. And then the third night, <laughs> I know, it, and the thing is, when I told the story, I, I sort of feel like I'm just ringing off names, but it was, it was, I was eight, eight, nineteen years old, and I look into the crowd, and I and I see everyone's like, there's a bit of a commotion. They're looking at one in particular person, and I can't quite see. And then the the front house lights come up a little. I'm singing Walking Away and I look over and who's singing Walking Away back? It's Stevie Wonder. Stevie flipping Wonder everyone. And I nearly lost it and I was like, you know what I mean? The, the melodies were starting to go, I was like, hold it together, keep it together. It's, it's Stevie Wonder. I got to meet him after. Right. And he'd come with Quincy Jones. Oh my gosh. And the real dime of the whole thing, outside of the fact of just meeting Stevie Wonder and Quincy Jones, is Quincy just very blasé mentions, oh, you know, MJ loves your album. you know, He like, bought loads of the album and gave it to his friends. And I was like, and then he carried on talking about something else. I was like, whoa, 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 MJ, let me just land what. You're talking Michael Jackson, right? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He bought the album. and I said, listen, if all of this stops now, <laughs> if this finishes, this is this is where it ends. I go home today, we're good here. You're done. It, it was done. It was one of those moments where. Even yeah, if it was it's the still... ultimate exit, I mean, you know. Absolutely. You'd have been happy but with that. yeah, it was I mean, incredible know. moments like that. But
1: like you say, you know, more than double your life after, you're, we're, we're still here, we're still having conversations. Uh, you just very kindly uh, reflected, um, reminisced uh, about your first appearance on TFI Friday when you were yeah. 18 years old. It Tell should. everyone about the moment when you thought your mate was winding you up because he loved to prank you. Uh, and he said Puff Daddy was on the phone.
8: Oh, yeah. That, so... So I had a, a manager called Paul Widger, and he's a lovely guy, and he was the first person who kind of saw me down in Southampton and sort of brought me up to London and, and showed me into record companies. So I had, like, a few songs that were bubbling at the time. Walking Away was on a CD. It's funny, like a CD. It was doing the rounds. Rewind was already starting to make moves. Um, and I think we we possibly got to the point where I'd released Filmy in the first single. And he just was, he was the kind of guy that was always a prank here, there, and he just always had the joke and... One day I'm sitting in his living room and he just says like, there's someone on the phone for you. There's someone on the phone for you. I was like, okay, cool. Well, he's on the phone then. Ah, oh, Puffy's on the phone. I was like, okay, cool. Tell him to call me back later. It's, it's, like, it's fine. It's just the, 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 the Puffy on the phone. He, there's no Puffy on the phone. There's going to be some joker that I was going to speak to. who's going to sound like Puffy. I goes, okay, hand me the phone. So I take the phone off him. And I hear this voice and he's giving me the spiel about, oh man, I love, we love you man over here. We wanna, we wanna fly you over to be part of the bad boy family, jump on the private jet, jump over. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, where's the jet man? Tell me, is like, pull me up and loot and I'm ready to go. Just, so I'm in with the banter. And there's a moment where I was like, this voice sounds very good though. <laughs> and then he, he says, he said the word take that, yeah. Which is something that he, he says on the front of every one of his records. He does this, take that, take that bad boy. And when he said that in 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 past, I was like, "This actually is Puff Daddy." And the mad thing is, I've been in this, being a bit of a joker, Mister Jester, for the last like three, four minutes. And then it dawned on me. I was like, I'm, "I'm talking to Puff Daddy," and I just had this. It just this dropped. It dropped in, and I was like, "Whoa!" And I thought it was possibly going to be a chance where I was going to be signed to Bad Boy in America. And it it, it kind of didn't it didn't transpire. But the fact that I got to speak to Puffy in my manager's living room in Maidenhead. yeah, <laughs> it was just a, the juxtaposition love was lovely.
1: Well, there's loads of juxtapositions in the book because then you talk about your nan and her organisation, your organisation, and you've always been very organised, haven't you? I mean, that is one
8: of your signature traits. Definitely. I mean, my, 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 my grandma's, like, God rest her soul, like Lily, she's growing up with my mum and, and grandma predominantly and the way in which they they... They just provided for me. You know, come back out of school and there'd be the sandwiches ready and then on the way get back and you have the tea ready for you and it'd just be extra love and the yeah, way that she man. made the chicken stew the was
2: nest.
8: just some kind of my mum would try and make the chicken stew but it would never taste the same as my grandma's. <laughs> but but come but being brought up in that environment really, really helped nurture the way I write songs. I mean I was always around a lot of feminine energy and, and I think that kind of even when I sing like songs like seven days it was like you're saying making love as opposed to what i could have been saying as a 17 year old kid at the time it was always like trying to be respectful in and around that and i think it really served me well because playing terence trent darby we talk about how poetic he was on yeah. songs I mean, in, in her strawberry eyes, the way, she sign- the way she sees me signifies that she's susceptible to to my velvet lies. I mean, who's saying that <laughs> on Let Her Down Easy? That's the kind of stuff I grew up listening to. So I think it's amazing. so cool. Amazing.
1: I think the best is yet to come, Craig. I think you've got a whole new, you know, your vulnerability is your superpower. You embraced it. You've got the super feel on board. Get Kwame by your side. You've got the best team in the world, mate hats off
8: thank you so much literally love you man I really do and oh, everyone all the team here today you been, been amazing and everyone listening who sent the messages yeah thank no, we're you. getting more it, more it's, and more, it's, more. Really, it's really felt I can tell and Kwame man those guitar licks uh, you're <laughs> naughty with them. Not, I Captain. heard them I heard he what you were doing you're naughty with that
3: the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky
0: Virgin Radio
1: All right, we've heard from a bunch of incredible guests already, still to come. Amazing barber Tom Chapman pops by to tell us all about his amazing new project, Barber Talk. Musical marvel Tom Odell chats his brand new album, Best Day of My Life. And the winner of the Sun's Who Cares Wins Award Best Doctor, Dr. Frieda Newlands, shares how she felt after receiving her award from the King. So let's get right back to it. Vassos, who's next?
0: Our next guest can condition your hair and, more importantly, your mind. As the three Lions do the business in Qatar. The Lions Barber Collective continue their incredible work around the world for men's mental health. So let's get a short back and vibes from the barber who tries harder. It's Tom Chapman. Tom, good morning.
9: <laughs> what a fantastic intro once again. Well, what a Thanks, fantastic
1: Matt. human being you are, <laughs> Tom Chapman. are surrounded by a great human beings, She so just does that. Fassos, awesome. We just need to up our game. Yeah. Uh, Tom, for people who don't know what you do, just give us some of your highlights.
9: The Lions Barber Collective, um, our mission is to create non-clinical, non-judgmental, safe spaces where people feel comfortable to talk about their mental health and then be able to signpost them to support and information. The idea is using the vehicle of a haircut to open up conversations around mental health. Uh, We have the licence to touch, we have trust, we have the ability to... Um, have close contact and familiar strangers with our clients and we're not trying to turn barbers or hairdressers into doctors or therapists or anything like that we're trying to bridge the gap between the communities we serve and the resources available because 72% of people who end their life have had no contact with mental health services in the 12 months before they die but they've probably had a haircut or a beauty treatment it's about us connecting those dots, basically.
1: Okay, and so what you do is you help existing barbers. Or you give them a little sort of uh, a little sort of crash course, if you like, a bluffers' guide, a fools' guide in how to maybe help and get people to open up just a little bit more than they might otherwise.
9: Yeah. So I, I, um, I, well, I lost, I lost a friend to suicide. I went and did loads of training to be able to try and help um, this stop from, stop happening, and I actually created a, a program called barber talk we now do hair and beauty talk and also a non-industry specific version called here to talk and it's basically recognizing the signs that someone may be struggling what kind of questions questions to ask with confidence how to listen well with empathy and without judgment and then how to help that person find the help they need
1: that's just brilliant and how long does that take that little course that's about program? four
9: hours but i've just done a, a 90 minute workshop we were over in. we had been doing some work with some more corporates doing our pop-up barber shops we go into spaces offer free haircuts and get a conversation started around mental health and i offered a little workshop version of it recently with some um, non-hair industry people and it was received really really well so it's, it opens up i think we can all do it right we can all recognize the signs in those around us the ones we love the ones we meet and ask good questions and listen well and hopefully help them find the help they need yeah because
1: many people in their day-to-day they, uh, their daily go- goings on you know they are professional listeners as well as professional whatever they're doing while they're listening us.
9: Yeah of course there's loads of touch points in the community where you know like hairdressers, barbers, taxi drivers, yep. bar workers, coffee shop baristas you know we all, we all come into contact with people and I think the biggest regret for a lot of people and myself as well when we lose someone to suicide which is extreme end of it we always say I didn't recognize the signs but actually those signs are there if we become more attuned to them and we feel confident about asking the question because I think we often don't ask the question because we're scared of the answer and not knowing what we can do to fix and solve it. But what's quite liberating is we don't have to fix and solve it. We just need to have the confidence to ask them a question. No one wants to suffer alone. And then just listen. Listen to them. Let them let them get it off their chest. Don't tell them how you feel. Don't tell them you understand. Don't try and fix and solve it for them. Give them the opportunity to get it out of their head they, and uh, fix and once, solve their own problems. Out,
1: it's literally out, isn't it? Whether yeah. you write it down or you say it out loud. And so for anybody listening to this today you could be one listen away from saving somebody's life because sometimes that's the difference between life and death one listen one person listen to you for one second
9: that's exactly it I think it's just a case I mean I've, I've it's about asking those feeling confident to ask those questions and I think the question are you suicidal is, is a really really scary question and I've actually asked it to a few people quite a few people now being in the role I am and everyone I've asked it to is still alive today asking someone if you're suicidal is not going to put the idea in their head but it will give them the green light to make them realise it's a safe space to open up and like I said everyone I've asked it to is still alive today hand on heart honestly um, but there's been people that aren't that I wish I had asked it to
1: yeah Tom Chapman, the Lions Barber Collective, you can get all the info at the Lions Um so so you, you have this 90 minute talk going on. You 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 appeared on stage at both carfests, once with yeah. Vassos, once with Eddie Temple morris <laughs> yeah. What did you learn, Vassos?
0: I just learned how important it is to start the conversation. And you know, you don't have to you have to weigh in with, you know, are you suicidal? No. How are you? I'm all right you really all right or how how you know how are you really you know that that sort of that little that little opening gambit can just can just be the release that someone needs
9: Definitely. it can, you can and it's a lightness of touch that you that you taught me on stage brilliant I think it's if you can ask those questions like how are you feeling today, vassos you know make questions think about questions that would make you feel comfortable to mm. open up or questions that um Make you think that people really actually want to know because we always say, how's it going? You all right, mate? But that's not really a question. You know that. It's a greeting. But actually asking them again, are you really okay? You don't seem yourself. Yeah, Would you yeah. like to tell me more? And I think some of the th- one of the things, um, people talk about open questions. There's a closed question I like to ask is, um, you don't seem yourself. Would you like to talk to me? <clears throat> and the answer is going to be yes or no. If it's no, it, 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 just reassure them. I'm here if you want to. Yeah. Just so you know, this is a safe space. And actually, a lot of the time, you hear, you can see the cogs working, and within 30 seconds, I go, actually. Um, but, yeah, you know, I've just made myself a safe space. I, you know, if I go out in local town in Torquay in Devon, where I live, I went out with a friend of mine who just moved back from London, and we were going to get some time together. Five people came up to me on that evening, on the night out, completely random people, I didn't know them, and said, you're the guy that does mental health stuff, aren't you? When I agreed, they went... <sighs> Well, and just told me stuff. And, you know, I'm a six foot three, 20 stone tattooed bloke. You're a mountain is what you are. You are a go-to.
1: You've got your own gravitational force. That's why people are literally drawn towards you. And you do feel like a safe person to be around. You feel feel like, you know, you've got people's back. And when you appeared at both Carfests, thank heaven you didn't please appear at Carfests for as long as it ever exists. You know, you had one of the biggest sort of um, post-conversation sort of presences. People stuck around, didn't they? Because they... want to come up and they want to talk more to you about things
9: yeah well uh carfest north we actually had a guy who after i'd spoke had put his hand up and told me that he had told in the front of the crowds and told everyone that he was feeling suicidal and we had a conversation afterwards i spent a majority of my time at Carfest, hugging middle-aged men crying <laughs> that i'd never met before <laughs> but how amazing is that how amazing
1: yeah. uh the you are tom i love you i love you i, I, <laughs> I love actually you too, love you Chris. i think you're amazing i think you're an amazing human being you know and you are you know you get up every morning with this purpose and you know long may it continue my friend you know and if take my number if you ever feel down give me a call
9: i love that, mate. And also, um, and, and we want you to, I, I said it off the air a minute ago, but we're going to be at the British GT this year and we've got a Lion's Barber car, which is really exciting for me. Oh, uh,
1: really. all right. And, 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 and,
9: <laughs> yeah. and, we, you know, it's a, um, it's a McLaren, a Chora, and, and it's it's beautiful. I'll show you the design in a minute, but if you want to have a go in it. You want I've me to, to drive course.
1: around the track to help your charity? Well, yeah, oh, we can bring if it to Carfest. If, if we can bring it to Carfest. If
9: you can come down to the British GT and <laughs> be there, be in the paddock, it's that'd be amazing. Brilliant. Some people are here to help.
1: Tom and his friends are here to help. Hey. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> You're awesome, man. Thank
3: you. You are Thank the best. Thank you very much.
1: Tom Chapman, the Lions Barber Collective. Find out more. Find out everything at thelionsbarbercollective.com. Go there now. Why wouldn't you want to do that today?
3: The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin
0: Radio.
1: <laughs> Woo! Oh, my goodness. Tom O'Dell. Tom who is uh, this host of angels and why aren't they at school? <laughs> <laughs>
6: Where would you get them from? Uh, can I introduce the You should definitely can, yes. Okay. So we call, uh, so it's the Shimmer Vocal Collective and the man, uh, managing director, I keep saying the musical director, <laughs> is uh, the wonderful man Dom Stitchbury. And Dom Stitchbury put this choir together at very short notice of me about, what, how long ago now? A month ago. And then we went across England playing at lots of venues and let me introduce the sopranos flora Medleycott, linus emmanuel caddy linda kisa Atsi coffer real and in the altos dominie hooper leanne sedin Ineza azer Scarlett and scarlet holton in the tenors sam wolf sebastian barge and ben c and the bass enoch adolfo ben bernard and ed randall thank you everyone yeah well you, done so
1: give yourselves so. a round of applause come on <laughs> By the way, uh, let's get the um, choir's microphones up. Let's ask somebody a question. Anybody answer this question. What's it like going on tour with Tom O'Dell? Is it rock and roll? Is it up all night? Have you slept?
4: Crazy. Crazy. Crazy
1: (laughs) Crazy and kooky. It's fun, isn't it? Uh, Tom, if you had to get rid of uh, a section of the choir for budgeting reasons, (laughs) who would go first?
6: I'm going to forward that question to Dom
1: no. <laughs> <laughs> just tell me to shove it don't worry about it uh, you sound amazing guys you are sounding amazing but what about the reviews for this album Tom best day of my life I know you're not into reviews, but I'm going to read them out anyway. Telegraph, five stars. A minimalist triumph. Evening Standard, his most intimate album yet. Clash says, Best Day in My Life, maybe his most stunning body of work to date. Riff Magazine, Odell's vocal and songwriting talents are immense. Gig wise, Tom Odell at his finest. iNews, the stripped back approach suits him so much. From strength to strength, congratulations.
6: Oh, thank you. That's nice. Oh, how good is that Yeah, you? lovely. Thank you. Thanks for, thanks for reading those no, out. No, you're
1: welcome. Uh, wow, yeah. what a voice. Uh, Susie and Chester turning into a very emotional Friday morning for me. You are, you are messing with people's emotions this morning. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Because you, you, you and your sound and the tone of everything you do, the sincerity and the depth of, of, of where it comes from, gives people permission to just release
6: uh, yeah, yeah. Whether
1: they're tears of joy or sadness, or yeah. we don't really know why why we are moved. Well, by you, but we uh, enjoy it.
6: Thank you. Oh, thank you, thank <laughs> you. That's very nice.
1: <laughs> so the album's called Best Day of My Life. What was the best day of your life? Oh, come no. on, Tom. Yeah. This is
6: the question I still haven't been able to answer. Um, every day, every day. That's what that's what the song was inspired by. Is trying to um, live more in the present and trying to. Not live too much in the future and the past, which my mind is prone to do, yeah, um, and to, to 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 live in the now. But actually, you know what? Originally, the song was called "Worst Day of My Life." The, the 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 voice note in my iPhone, where is where you know the first time I came up with the idea, it was originally I think today is the worst day of my life. But actually, just all I did was change one word and everything became good
1: this all goes back to Shakespeare Shakespeare said and "He said there is no such thing all as bad or good it's just thinking that makes it so yes so he, so he's still right
6: yes exactly he's
1: quite good wasn't he that boy
6: yes I get, I get I get hairs in the back of my neck when you say that
1: so Craig David was on the show on Wednesday and yeah. he, he sang a couple of songs um, a cappella not a cappella acoustically for us um, right. in the studio and he was on. Right. Unbelievable. Just again, talking about it's not dissimilar to yourself. And he's written this book called Watch Your Vibe. And he talks about mental health issues and he talks about the darkest thought a human being can have. And I know you've had those thoughts Mm. and you've talked about them. And he said that for him, the breakthrough was, and it's, you know, it's work in progress as is life, you know, one breath in, one breath out, and all that kind of stuff. But he said for him, the biggest breakthrough was not being positive, but realizing that, be, that the negative as is as important as the positive, And it all comes from the same place. And, you know, the negative is to the positive as day is to night. You have to have the two. You have to live in harmony with and betwixt the mm. two. And they both have their, say, their own energy and their own power and their own wisdom.
6: Mm, I agree. I agree. That's beautiful, isn't it? That's, that's in his book, is it?
1: Yeah, well, his book is amazing. I yeah, mean, I didn't realize because he he literally fled to Miami for six seven years because he just couldn't cope
6: with things. Man, his. yeah. That's crazy. He's, he's, such a, he's such a beautiful guy, Craig David.
1: You're going on tour. Uh, you're going to play some far-flung gigs. This w- <laughs> It says tickets via to com for Mexico City, <laughs> if you see it, and yeah, Dubai. Why we, the heck not?
6: We thought we'd come to Virgin Radio to flog <laughs> these. To, to, to flog these. some Mexico City Yeah, gigs. No, I, we actually, I've actually, in all honesty, we've just finished, I've just, I think we've done like nearly 100 shows this year. We've done, played all over the place. Um... We're doing a, we're, We will be doing some touring next year, but um, hopefully it's some festivals and stuff. But Sh- it was your birthday yesterday. It was.
1: Yeah, um, thirty-two. We couldn't believe you're just thirty-two. Not because of any aesthetic reasons, just because you had done so. Flipping much?
6: Because so I look old and shrivelled. No, you
1: The opposite. That's why. That's why I precursed it with no. Not that touring's
6: had its way with no, me. No,
1: not that Tom. <laughs> All this stuff you've been up to. Because you're you're a veteran now at the age of thirty-two. I am a veteran. Yeah. How
6: does it feel? Uh, it feels. Uh, I got. I, I'm always at risk of sounding glib and annoying, but I genuinely, each day, I feel very lucky to come and sing. And you know, singing is is so is so great because you you. It's really like feels whenever i feel a little bit like you know tired or whatever um you come and sing and um i'm sure you guys will all agree with me it just makes you feel good and so i just feel good whenever i sing
1: yeah and there's something about choir as well isn't there oh man the wall of sound the wall of souls yeah it's so beautiful did the choir sing happy birthday to you yesterday
6: uh I don't think they did should we do it now oh god no please we'll have to pay them extra no you won't (laughs) have to pay them extra this
1: one's on there can you give us a happy birthday do
6: you want me to give you a key
1: yeah
6: Yeah. (laughs) okay here we go guys happy
1: happy birthday to you
6: happy birthday to you happy birthday Thank you very much
1: by the way spontaneous harmonies or what spontaneous harmonies are <laughs> we, sp-
6: we-, we spent all week rehearsing this. no you didn't
1: <laughs> hashtag you can be too good and all that oh my lol whatever that means uh, right Tom thank you
6: for being here thank you very love much you know Thanks. I love you I
1: love you too you know where I live you're always welcome
3: yeah 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 alright happy birthday to you and happy birthday to you missus <laughs> The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky.
0: Virgin Radio. Our next guest is swapping award for... An award. She's just been in Ukraine treating victims of the war and now she's been crowned Best Doctor at the Sun's Who Cares Wins Awards, which you can watch on Channel 4 on Sunday night. And it turns out we all need a Dr Frida Newland. Good morning, Dr Frida.
1: Good morning,
10: Chris. How are you? I'm
1: very well. Uh, thanks for being here. Well done last night. So much to talk about. Um, let's just kick off with the fact though, you are the youngest looking 63, <laughs> four-year-old I've ever seen 63? in my... I think you need to check... I know you're a doctor, so you know about these things. But I think you need to check your birth certificate, you don't mind me saying.
10: <laughs> Thank you very much. That's very kind. It's all down to good healthy eating and a bit of running. A
1: bit of running, eight K a day you're talking about. Ten. 10K yeah. Ten yeah. K a day. Ten K a day. Seven days a week?
10: On and off. But yeah. I do I do feel so much better in the head and the body when I'm out running. So. Well, because the Fantastic. body gets you
1: out of your mind, doesn't it? Absolutely. That's the thing. And you can't fix the mind with the mind. Uh, Absolutely. Rach, come on.
10: Frida, you look amazing. <laughs> You're an inspiration <laughs> and you run 10K a day. You're the best doctor officially, it says it right oh, here. Uh, yeah, allegedly. <laughs> How do you find the time? It's <laughs> funny, isn't it? Because last night
1: when you got up on stage to yeah. receive your order for the second time, we'll talk yes. about the first time in a yes. moment, um, you said, well, clearly I'm not the best doctor. Clearly
10: not. <laughs> but you are. because <laughs> yes, you've you just." Are. You've been,
1: you've been awarded, you've been named, been announced, that's proclaimed I as know. the best doctor. Yeah. Um, but you were a biology teacher first. I
10: was a biology teacher for many, many years. I didn't go to medical school till I was 44, qualified when I was 48, and then I spent the last umptium years, well, you just said before I came on, that you, you, you do what you do because you love it and we're so lucky because that's exactly what I do. I do because I love it.
1: How uncommon is it to, for somebody to go to medical school in their 40s?
10: Quite uncommon. I was at the right side of the bell curve in my class. I mean, there are people going later and later after first degrees and PhDs and so on. My daughter is now at medical school in Edinburgh. She's 33. Another late starter. But, um, yeah, I think we bring to medicine something a little... A little more maturity, experience, yeah, life experience, life experience, maybe.
1: Uh, and what about the neuroplasticity of learning? Because they do say it's harder for us to yeah. learn things as we get older. Did you recognize? Do you recognize that? I did
10: recognize it, but you know, the more you do it, the more helpful and the more easy it becomes. So, yeah, every day is a school day.
1: All right, so where have you been um, recently? Just take us around maybe the last uh, seven or eight international <laughs> locations for your doctoring.
10: So if I work backwards, so Ukraine twice this year. i right. um, Oh, not forgetting the Isle of Barra, where I worked briefly in the summer, which was a fantastic experience. Um, before that, I was um, in Gaza with Médecins du Monde and WHO. Uh, before that, I was with UK Med um, as a full-time employee. Um, I was manager of the UK's emergency medical team uh, with UK Med. And with them, I went all over the place doing various exercises, Estonia, Armenia, South Sudan. I worked in Bangladesh in Cox's Bazaar, treating Rohingya uh, refugees who had diphtheria. Before that, I worked on the Syrian-Jordan border, um, treating refugees and injured from the Syrian war, who came across, and that was with Médecins Sans Frontieres.
1: Did you ever find yourself in peril personally?
10: I don't think so. Right. <laughs> I guess the claim You would say that, though, wouldn't I you? I would say that. Um, every day was threatening in Gaza, for sure. You never quite knew what was going to happen. Um, and then, the obviously, the unpredictability of being in Ukraine. Um, air raids all the time. Right. And uh, we were unable to go on the train across to the east where I was working because of bombings on the on the railway. So, yeah, obviously it's terribly unpredictable in Ukraine.
1: There was that wonderful midwife last night who also received an award.
10: Just fantastic. She just went out there on her own yeah. with her Doppler. It was just... Well,
1: she went to Poland, didn't she? Yeah, just um, fantastic. She went to Poland, to the Polish borders, yeah. knowing exactly what she yeah, had in mind yeah. and she just marched straight into Ukraine. So no, nobody's going to stop me.
10: Amazing. It just... It, it just galvanised everyone's humanitarian being and we just wanted to go out and do stuff yeah it's great
1: the first lady of ukraine appears uh, on the show on sunday you'll see her because she she um she sent a recorded message for the award show last night and she said this really profound thing in the middle of her speech she said that what all the people who are with you tonight at this special award ceremony that they they conduct their lives in an occupation and a vocation that is the opposite of war. I thought yeah. that was fantastic.
10: It is. It is. And, you know, to have her um, speech last night was just wonderful. It just meant so much.
1: Um, what's on your horizon in the next 12 months, your purview for the next 12 Oof. months?
10: Other, Other overseas stuff, probably. Um, Any idea where? I can't say All right, so at you do, the moment, so, you do so I, I have a plan-ish. Right.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, clearly not a terrible advert for the air in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> the fresh of the air, yes, the, fre- the fresh, the of, fresh the fuel. of the fuel,
10: <laughs> yeah? Yeah, absolutely. How long did you stick around for last night? Still uh, about midnight probably, yeah. yeah, we had a little after party in the hotel, It's very nice. Good for you, such and fun.
1: Um, would you like to say anything to your fellow doctors this morning?
10: I would, of course. And as you um, said earlier, I'm not the best doctor in the world. It's impossible. There are so many fantastic doctors out there doing wonderful things, including a dear friend and colleague who is out in the uh, Democratic Republic of Congo. And I'm thinking about him and all the other colleagues who are out doing humanitarian stuff around the world in terribly difficult situations and all my NHS Amazing, amazing friends and colleagues. Volunteers part time, full time. Absolutely. Front line. All of that. Yeah. Okay. In and out of the hospital. Dr
1: Frieda, you're amazing. <laughs> I still don't believe you're 63. <laughs> I, I, I demand evidence. Uh, Dr Frieda Newlands, the Suns Who Cares wins awards Best Doctor 2022 and the Suns Who Cares wins awards air this Sunday, November 27.
3: half past six on Channel 4. The best of the Chris Evans breakfast show with Sky. Virgin
0: Radio. He is the hilarious host of Drive on Talk Sport and now somebody's given him a job on the telly and for tonight at least he's taking Danny Be- with him. Football, I think I'll say blinking hell, sorry <laughs> Fergie, starts tonight at 9pm on Talk TV so please welcome the lean, mean, broadcasting Andy Goldstein! Good morning Andy! Good morning, how are you? I'm very
1: well. Uh, exciting uh, day generally for all of us. Well, this morning, 10 o'clock, England USA, Friday night, 47 o'clock but particularly exciting for you.
11: Yeah, I'll be alongside uh, Darren Bent, by the way, not Danny Bent. I'm not quite sure who Danny. Did I say that is. Danny, That's, Danny, that's just sorry. our sports
1: reporter. they <laughs> getting that name wrong. That's just our
11: sports Danny's guy. Danny's a friend of mine. Welcome to my world, Andy. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah. uh, right, off you go. Yeah, no, I'm very excited about it. I, listen, I um, I grew up watching the likes of you on Here by Friday and a Big Breakfast and Jonathan Ross's Last Resort and Dave Letterman. And I, and I think we we don't have live, you know, edgy edgier TV anymore. I think that's a thing of the past. And if we do have it, it's it's too polished, which is the angle I'm going down. So um. <laughs> This,
1: this, this, I love this, that.
11: Is, that's how I sold it. You've them, already got my
1: vote, Andy. You got yeah. my vote now.
11: We, we don't need auto queue We don't need. You know, let's just do it. Whatever comes in our head at the time, let's just say what we're thinking. Yeah. And they went, yeah, okay, fine, we'll do that. So, so there's a little. Have you had some pilots, some dry runs? Have you, have you had a,
1: you, have you got a sense of what might be going on? Yeah, but
11: only because I sort of demanded that we need. This is the first ever show. We need at least one dry run, and in the end, it was like, okay, we've got. Forty-five minutes on a Thursday afternoon. So we did it yesterday. Um,
1: <laughs> That's hilarious.
11: Yeah, yeah, budget cuts. You see, budget cuts. But no, we did it yesterday, and it was yes. it was really funny. There's a, there's a few bits in it that I'm just thinking in rehearsal that looks good, but will it work when we do it live? I don't yeah. know. Okay, but so, we'll, we'll find out. So
1: how many um, of these slots have they entrusted to you so far? Well,
11: I've, I've got four so far right. while the World Cup's on, but my plan is that they go. Yes, all right. And we've got nothing else to fill Friday nights. So and you might as well do it for the rest of the football season. That's my hope. Well, I think it's
1: it's a, it's a brilliant idea. I, and I love the fact that you're f- literally falling onto the air. And I mean that in the nicest possible way. Because you can get caught up in, in doing pilots and things like that. And, mm. no, you know, no matter what happens you'll never find out more than when you go on the on the telly for the fir- that first live hour. And you'll learn so much more tonight, good and bad and anything in between, than you can learn in six months of doing pilots.
11: Yeah, I think so. I think so. And also, personally, when I watch telly, I like to think that I have no idea what's coming up as much as the guy presenting it. And anything can happen, so I'm yeah. not going to leave the TV screen. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if it's the same show every single week and it's polished down to a T, it's like I'm not really missing anything here. So, yeah. So hopefully lots will go wrong and it'll be really funny. All
1: right, and what a, what a night to kick off, nine o'clock after the England game.
11: Yeah, yeah. It's, um, Danny, Danny Bench should give us loads of experience as to what it's like to wear the, the four lions. Um, and uh, we've got big Sam Allardyce alongside us as well. He was, of course, the last England manager with a 100% win ratio. Even though he only played one game, yeah. So we got those two watching the game with us. We're eating pizza. We're going to film us watching the game as well. And um, we've got a few other um, surprise guests. And uh, it's a massive night for England after the unbelievable performance against Iran, which was, I know you're a big football fan, Chris, but I think usually A we get off to slow starts, and B if we win in the World Cup, it's one or two nil. Yeah. But we blew them absolutely blew them away. And if we get a similar a similar result tonight, a similar scoreline, and we get we get players all over the pitch scoring goals, not just Harry Kane, who didn't score last week, which yeah, I think yeah. is great. I think we're going to send out a massive message. I'm not saying it's coming home. I'm not getting excited, but we look good for it, right? We look good.
1: Yeah, no, we do. And
11: it's the first time, in you know, as,
1: as far as I can remember, in my lifetime where I think, yeah, yeah, knock, uh, knockout stages, definitely, that's going to happen. You know, I'm yeah. quite relaxed about it. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel okay about it.
11: How long is your show on the air for? Uh, it's on for one hour of right. real time. I think that's 46 minutes of actual time. Because
1: you've got your ads, uh, which are helpful. Yeah. I used to, because it's funny, when I was doing Channel 4, <laughs> shows on Channel 4, as opposed to the BBC, a BBC hour is an hour. Yeah. You know, and if you worked on Channel 4 for a, a good few years, decade and a bit, or whatever my time was there, um, then you get used to a lighter hour. And also, the ad breaks, they're really handy because you can regather and regroup and reboot. You know what I mean? Yeah.
11: And pick stuff up off the floor yeah, and yeah. then go, Where's, is that for part four? Is that okay? Yeah, okay, I remember. <laughs> uh, but you know, we've. I think the secret is to cram as much as you can in. If if you have to drop stuff throughout the evening, then that means things are going well. So hopefully, hopefully, we've got the show absolutely jam packed.
1: Yeah, all right, pal. Uh, you sound very relaxed about it all.
11: I couldn't sleep actually last night. I get so I'm not a child on on Christmas Eve. I got, I was up at three. I was up at five. I just wake up with millions of ideas in my head, thinking, can we do that? Can we get away with that? And some of the stuff that we're putting in the show. I'm still not sure if he's been signed off by the powers that be. So hopefully, hopefully we'll be on air on week two. Well, good for you, Andy. I, I really
1: like your attitude. I think it's good. You, you've made me want to watch Andy Goldstein's brand new show. Andy, thank you. Good luck to you and your Thanks, team. Thanks, man. Thank uh, you. Andy Goldstein's brand new show is on Talk TV tonight at 9pm. You can watch it on Freeview 237, FreeSat 217, Sky 522 and Virgin 606.
3: The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio.
1: Thank you so much for listening to this, the podcast of the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. Don't forget, you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast. And you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky.
0: Hey, folks, I'm Mark Maron from the WTF podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultrasoft Tissues